You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Are you ready to get started? Yeah, I'm ready. What the fluff is that? What? Are you Are you growing a mustache? Yeah. I thought if I grew one like John Bolton, maybe I could talk Trump out of making more war. Well, that's stupid. Is it? Has anything else worked? I know that the president's going to listen to me on this one. Believe me. An additional benefit is that I look manlier and more handsome than ever. Your mom told me this morning. You look like a prepubescent Ed Sheeran. You're just saying that because it's orange. But let me remind you, this is the best I can do, so go easy on me. You look like a, like, like a transgender Raggedy Ann doll growing into her first mustache. Come on, I said go easy. You look like Conan O'Brien's gay younger brother. Alright, well, you know what? Let me tell you what you look like. A sad young Santa Claus who stress eats? Chunky Thor from Endgame? Fat Obi-Wan? A tired Zach Galifianakis? I actually wasn't going to say any of those. Oh, then enlighten me? I was going to say you look like a homeless Where's Waldo, but those are pretty good too. You never answered me though. Do you have a better plan? Nope. You know what, honestly, you may be right. Hold on. Where are you going? This is totally unprofessional. We have a show to do. I guess I'll just sit here then. Alright. Nothing to do but just ramble to myself. That's fun. You know, just for the record, I'd never do this to you. Please come back. I miss you. Uh, Alright, I'm back. Oh, thank God. I mean, uh, what are you doing? If we're doing this, we're doing it together. Call the Donald. That's the spirit, buddy. Time to bring the troops home. Wait. Wait, hold on. He actually ignored John Bolton. You don't have to do that. It's too late. Oh, we look horrible. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. Phil and I will be your guides as we peer into the ridiculous reality of our society and our government. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Make Liberty Great Again. We have mustaches now. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me, as always, is the person who would be my best friend, but for some reason, he won't commit, and co-host, Phil Padilla. Oh, I'm committed. Don't, don't lie to the audience. You know that I never lie. I'm like America. <laughs> like George Washington. Him too. Are you sure? Absolutely. 100% positive. So if you never lie, have you ever thought about David Derryberry inappropriately? I don't want to answer this. Because you have? Because I don't want to dignify that tomfoolery with a response. Can we just read the news so I can get back to my stories? Fine. The State Department revealed Monday that it has identified multiple security incidents involving current or former employees' handling of Hillary Clinton's emails, and that 23 violations and 7 infractions have been issued as part of the department's ongoing investigation. Wow, that's a total surprise. But how are we still talking about this wench's emails? Because, one, people still care about them for some reason, and two... I'm like 87% certain that she's the devil or some lesser demon. You know, I always took her for a lizard person or some sort of like evil dragon human hybrid creature. 
I mean, that would explain the pile of money that she's always sitting on. I think she actually has that because of the slave trade that she stimulated in Libya. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. As Mary Elizabeth Taylor, the State Department's Assistant Secretary in the Bureau of Legislative Affairs, wrote to Senator Chuck Grassley, quote, To this point, the department has assessed culpability to 15 individuals, some of whom were culpable in multiple security incidents. DS has issued 23 violations and 7 infraction incidents. This number will likely change as the review progresses. Do we think that anything's actually going to come of this? Probably not. Did our troll-in-chief have anything to say about this? Oh, he sure did. Believe it or not, he used the Twitter machine to share his thoughts. He said, quote, Wow, the State Department said that it has identified 30 security incidents involving current or former employees and their handling of crooked Hillary Clinton's emails. This is really big. Never admitted before. Highly classified material. Will the Dems investigate this? Will the Dems investigate this? I mean, will Hillary Clinton ever play for the Yankees? You know, since we're just asking stupid questions. <laughs> Agreed. The uh, The State Department is supposed to conclude their investigation by September 1st. And which we'll see if there's any consequences. Well, Taylor went on to say, quote, In every instance in which the department found an individual to be culpable of a valid security violation or three or more infractions, the department forwarded the outcome to the Bureau of Diplomatic Security's Office of Personnel, Security, and Suitability to be placed in the individual's official security file. All valid security incidents are reviewed by DS and taken into account every time an individual's eligibility for access to classified information is considered. Oh my god. They're going to get a mark on their permanent record. Oh yeah. It'll likely only be the lightest slap on the wrist. Not to mention that Clinton's lawyers were able to negotiate with the Justice Department to make sure that the Clinton Foundation emails would not be given to the FBI. And that's, you know... You know that's where the juicy felonies are. I absolutely guarantee it. It's too bad that we don't have a Snowden, a Sanger, or a Manning on the inside right now. We could really use one of those. No kidding. I'd actually, I'd really like to see what sort of demons are dancing around in that server. But no, Clinton's legal team gets to sift through the emails and decide which ones get investigated and which ones don't. Now, I'm not an expert here, but that definitely doesn't sound like proper procedure. You know, I, I don't know if it is or not. All I know is that the Clintons are protected at the very highest levels. Oh, for sure. This just, I mean, it just tells me that the FBI doesn't actually care to find out the truth or, you know, what's going on or what the emails actually say. They just want this episode behind them with as little fanfare as possible and is using as few scapegoats to make that happen. And to think that more human people voted for Clinton than for Trump. Honk. Honk. Speaking of uh, dastardly degenerates who embezzle money... There's some news out of Venezuela, buddy. You know, I had almost forgotten about the stuff going on in Venezuela. Has uh, Maduro had Guaido murdered yet? Not yet, but Guaido's definitely not having a good time right now. I love when rulers have bad times. It's my favorite. Me too. There's nothing better. And there's a <laughs> huge embezzlement scandal in Colombia that's rocking the boat right now. But uh, fun fact before we get into it. Juan Guaido's political party, Voluntad Popular, I'm, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced, or Popular Will, is the sixth largest political party in Venezuela and is heavily financed by the United States Agency for International Development. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get this straight. The name of the party is Popular Will, and it's the sixth 
most popular party. Yeah, doesn't sound all that popular. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. So, anyways, getting back to it. So, millions of dollars that were raised for, you know, quote-unquote, freedom and democracy in Venezuela were apparently spent in Colombia by Guaido's aides. From what I've read, this is exposed by Colombian spies and has definitely been another setback to his cause. Declaring himself president didn't work. His coup didn't work. And now this. I mean, when's this guy just going to quit? Well, probably once the United States moves on and finds another candidate to back. That's my guess. Anyway, back to his aides. People, not the disease. Several of them (laughs) were named by a Colombian intelligence leak, which revealed American dollars were embezzled with the intention of paying Venezuelan army defectors. Uh, That's interesting. Uh, How were those... How were those dollars raised? Great question, partner. The funds were raised by a sort of Live Aid-type concert. The concert was organized by that billionaire guy, Richard Branson, back in February. Ah, virgin guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy. And leaked documents published by what's called Pan Am Post give some more information about how the funds were used. So get this. The regional director for Guaido's popular will party, Kevin Rojas, and the chief of staff, Rosanna Barrera, have been accused of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash on fancy hotels, expensive clothes, booze, cars, and other luxury items. And how is that supposed to help overthrow the government? Another great question. Oh. You're on fire today. But check this out. So Rojas and Barrera claimed they spent money on seven hotels to house over 1,400 defectors. But Colombian authorities said, I don't think so, pal because they counted only half that number crossing the border, and only two hotels were actually paid for. So going back to what I previously stated, receipts showed that they spent over $125,000 on themselves. This included $40,000 in just April alone. The following month, one of the hotels evicted 65 defectors and their families over more than $20,000 in unpaid bills. Yikes. How has, uh... El Faco Presidento responded. Well, I mean, he finally actually acknowledged that the scandal is a real thing and is going on. And he vowed to, quote, clarify the case of officials appointed to serve our military in Kakuta and appointed the aid coordinator Lester Toledo to join in on the investigation. Well, that's a winning name combination. And here's a nice touch. He added, dictatorships cover up corruption. We do not. But it seems like they were pretty cool with this information not being known, and it took a leak to reveal it from another government. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Well, is there anything else worth noting? Yeah, just one last thing. In addition to this scandal, Guaido's staff royally screwed up distribution of aid sent over by the U.S. So there was an estimated 60% of goods sent over rotting in warehouses that had to be actually thrown away. So, good thing that the United States is backing such a limp noodle. Oh, I have a question for you. Who is the worst libertarian? The naked guy that danced on stage that one time. Close. Not a bad guess. Bill Weld. The OG libertarian? No way. Gary Johnson. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting closer. I mean, you're so warm right now. It's crazy. Ooh. Okay. I know where you're going with this. It's Nick Sarkuk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Sarwark. That's That's the guy. Why didn't you say him first? Well, I try to block him out of my thoughts and memory. I hate him. I feel I feel that deeply. 
So what stupid bull shark did he do now? Is he still trying to uh, justify American intervention in Venezuela? Not not really at the moment. He's just doing that thing that he does when he realizes that he's a lightweight in the liberty community and tries to make himself look better. Oh, so he attacked Ron Paul again. He did. I, I don't think it's actually possible for him to punch down without burning his hand on the Earth's core. So what did Ron Paul do to catch the little baby's ire this time? Well, if you remember, the first time he decided to punch into the stratosphere towards Dr. Paul, he took umbrage with Dr. Paul being a proponent of decentralization via states' rights. According to Sarwark, getting away from an ultra-centralized power and localizing citizen control is a horrible, anti-libertarian idea. I remember that. I remember he was talking about how if it wasn't for federal involvement, things like gay marriage and things like that wouldn't exist and we need the federal government to override the states to essentially get good policy going when the states aren't doing it themselves yeah that's a pretty stupid position to take i have to say he has a very low time preference apparently if he spent any time thinking about the future he would absolutely not take that position the more power that we give the feds the fewer rights that we're able to enjoy I think that's pretty obvious. This time, he decided that since Dr. Paul was outwardly against the U.S. interfering in the internal affairs of China or Venezuela, that he would insinuate that Dr. Paul was a supporter of China and Venezuela's governments. Because, according to Sarwark, Paul wasn't against Russian meddling in the 2016 U.S. election. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. Uh, he also posted an article that claimed that Ron Paul's 2008 presidential campaign was the prototype for Russian interference in elections. According to Sarwark, you know, by way of other writers and articles, since he has little to nothing to personally offer ever, Ron Paul's campaign was secretly backed by the Kremlin. Imagine having so small of a proverbial pecker that you have to lean on fake news and Russian collusion to paint Dr. Paul as the enemy of the people. I've been saying it for a while. Sarwark is controlled opposition. I believe it. And even more is that article about um, how WikiLeaks has emails that show his attachment to some CIA assets. So the dude is at best a dipstick with a Napoleon complex, and at worst, a CIA plant or some sort of other intelligence plant. Right. Regardless, the LP is irrelevant. I mean, especially with him as its head. And he should be summarily removed from his post. Everyone is always complaining about libertarian infighting. And this giant robot dork is very publicly leading the charge of that. You know, that's that's enough time on this used car salesman, all right? Fluff off, Sarwark. Yes, please. Oh, hey. How many slaves do you own? Are we talking legally or illegally? Um, yes. None. R right, good. That's good. Uh, you actually had you had me worried there for a second. No slaves. No, sir. There's absolutely no one in my basement making knockoff tennis shoes, I assure you. You know, I just went right back to being, to being worried. Shh. Why are you asking me this? Uh, well, I was just curious. The House of Representatives had a hearing the other day on June 19th, Juneteenth, Maybe this shows just how bad my schooling was, but I have never heard of Juneteenth until this year. Had you ever heard of that? No, I had no idea that was a thing. 
Yeah, but the, uh, the the House of Representatives had a hearing about reparations and how we should pay reparations to black people in this country. Of course they did. Of course the Democrat-controlled House is going to pander to black people for an upcoming election. Of course they are. Now, do they mean that all black people or just the descendants of slaves should get reparations? I'll be honest, that hearing was over three hours long. And I just, I didn't have the time to sit all the way through it. And and with all the highly symbolic speech and the vague platitudes, you know, I, I would highly doubt that anyone has thought it through that well. That definitely sounds like it would be painful, but really, anything on C-SPAN is painful. So there, there are several people who were called in to uh, testify for and against paying reparations. The kicker of what I ended up seeing was the huge amounts of praise and accolades for John Conyers. Is that the guy that had to leave office for assaulting women and um, using federal funds as hush money to get them to not tell anyone about it? Yeah, that, that's, that's the guy. Uh, he's the guy that had to leave after Mike Cernovich found the receipts of his predatory behavior and gave them to BuzzFeed. He got taken down by Mike Cernovich, Phil. Nice. But apparently, he's been shooting for reparations for decades and has never gotten anywhere on it. Wow. What a total surprise. Now, let me ask you, do you think reparations are going to seriously be coming our way soon? Honestly, that really depends on how the 2020 elections pan out. But I, you know, I still doubt it. So then why'd you ask me if I had slaves? I assume that you would have to own slaves, you know, if you owed slaves or their descendants money. I mean, since you profit so much from the work of slavery in early America. So how much do you owe? It's simple. I owe nothing. I've never owned slaves. My family never owned slaves. I think that the actual percentage of white people that owned slaves before it was abolished was like 6%. Excuses, excuses. This entire idea is so asinine. How do I owe someone my hard-earned money when I've never done anything to them? I may be white, but I've also been poor. I've been down and out. I've struggled. I don't live on some plantation where I make money from other people working. I work every day in a job that just sucks the soul out of my butt so that I, you know, I can have what I have at this point. Yeah, but you know a black person couldn't do what you've done or work the same job that you have. Clearly, you are privileged and you owe them. You know, I, I've worked with people of every ethnicity for my entire professional career. Some have made less than me. Some have made more than me. There have been people who work the same job as me right now and make more money than me. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, but uh, you should be paying reparations anyway. Why? Well, as multiple people in that hearing said over and over and over again, slavery is the original sin of the United States. God, no pun intended. Don't you hate it when people use religious words to, like, just damn people collectively? I do. I mean, especially when it's coming from the state. This does not at all thrill me. I mean, original sin is the Catholic idea that Adam and Eve's sin is passed down to us directly, giving us their guilt, despite the fact that we didn't do the act. So in Democrat terms, since we were born in America and we're white, we're automatically guilty of slavery. Correct. I mean, I don't buy this premise theologically, and I definitely don't buy it politically. 
Uh, Michael Malice, in his new book, and in other media, has repeatedly said that progressivism is a religion. It's Christianity minus the mythology. That slavery and anti-black racism is original sin to the progressive left, and that there's no way for anyone to work their way out of that guilt. Well, that's gross, if you ask me. I mean, it is. Do we regularly punish children for their parents' crimes or sins in this country? Not that I'm aware of. Well, then we shouldn't, you know, punish every person in the country for crimes of people who lived more than 150 years ago. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. Taxation is theft. I'm just going to say it again. Taxation is theft. And they are attempting, once again... To make the case that it is not only moral, but obligatory to atone of one's sins. I mean, really it's of one's great-great-grandpa's sins, whether or not great-great-grandpa owned slaves. Gross. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so, Iran shot down a military drone. Oh, you say? Is this the latest move by the U.S. to provoke them? Flying around some spy drones? I mean, I'm 100% on board with you on that one. I, I'm sure flying the drone around their territory was just bait. Iran's Revolutionary Guard said that they shot down the spy drone after it entered into the country's territory. And I bet the U.S. disagrees. Oh, of course. Our government is disputing this and said that the drone was in international airspace over the Strait of Hormuz, and Iran is disputing that. So it's basically their word against ours. The Iranian foreign minister even tweeted out a timeline of the incident. Looks like it included the time the drone took off, when it was targeted, and even the coordinates near some city that I can't pronounce. What kind of drone was it? Why do you care? I'm just curious. There's no need to get snippy. Fine. Fine. I'm sorry. From what I've read, uh, it was an RQ-4A Global Hawk high-altitude, long-endurance, unmanned aircraft system. Are you satisfied? I'm never satisfied. But I appreciate the information. You're a nice man. So... Do we know why he actually canceled the approved airstrike against them? You know, our retaliatory strike? Did our mustaches actually work? I need to know. Well, almost. Uh, Trump took to Twitter to state he had called off the strike 10 minutes before showtime because he believed the response was not proportionate to the downing of an unmanned drone. Duh. He said uh, that he asked a general how many casualties to expect and was told 150. One official, speaking on the condition of anonymity, told the AP that the targets would have included radars and missile batteries. What game is he playing now? I don't get it. I mean, he can't really care about casualties given, you know, the ongoing wars that he hasn't ended and, you know, the involvement that we have in Yemen. You know, I truly don't know. Uh, He also spoke out and said he believed that this may have been a mistake. You know, I can almost feel the combined rage from Bolton and Pompeo. You know, I'm certainly glad he called this off, and he's certainly right. An unmanned drone being shot down certainly doesn't warrant the death of 150 innocent people. I just hope that this will lead to, you know, further measures of de-escalation. Probably not, but a man can hope. I mean, I'm, I'm very glad that he called this off, too. You know, I don't know his motives, and surely he knew the casualty count before the strike was even called for. But, you know, as we've spoken of before, the dude has no central principles. He has had some good instincts in the past, but if I had to guess, I think there was one last conversation he had before showtime, and it happened to be a good person who didn't want to see 150 people die. That sounds somewhat believable. Maybe the person he talked to right before showtime actually said that 150 people would die, 
rather than using the typical lines that we heard so much from Bush and Obama that were based around the euphemism collateral damage. Oh, yeah. I remember the good old days when collateral damage was like when a bridge fell down rather than meaning just a bunch of people died. I mean, and that's what really throws me. I can't understand how people don't see this for what it is. These are freaking people. People that were set to be murdered over the loss of some equipment. I mean, I don't care how many millions of dollars that stupid spy drone cost. It isn't worth the lives of 150 men and possibly women and children. I agree with you. Uh, did you did you see that that photo I made the other day? The protest profile photo of the you know the hand symbol of the peace sign, but it had the Iranian flag instead of skin tone. Yeah, I did see it. That was good work. Uh, my wife put that photo up, and like I said, it's a protest image. It was made to be more or less in your face and to make a strong statement, and it certainly did. I mean, I saw people that I didn't know using it as their their profile pictures, and I saw people arguing. I saw boomers come out of the woodwork to complain about us hippie communists. Well, to be fair, not that I like defending boomers, but you do look like a younger, fatter Karl Marx. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But my wife put up my picture, the one that I made, and was immediately criticized by a boomer. If you don't want to go to war with Iran, what do you think we should do? Please tell me, she said, how about we just don't murder people over a piece of equipment? You know, I I honestly didn't actually follow up on on that. Uh, But that, that response got me thinking. You know, I'm not sure that these people who won a war in Iran... Um, are really thinking in terms of morality or in human life at all. I don't personally understand how someone could see this stupid spy drone blown up and want to see 150 lives extinguished overseas. You know how people are. They uh, they love a show. They love to feel strong, and they love to feel protected. I mean, you're you're not wrong. Maybe people need some contextualizing. So I was thinking, you know, what is the rational argument? What would I say to make these people understand what they're saying? So I'm going to go for it. Let's say that you own a house. Well, renting makes more sense for me right now. It's it's hypothetical. Go on. Well, let's say you live in this house and you have a wife and a few kids. Let's say you look over your backyard and you see a drone flying over your fence. Or, I mean, maybe it's not directly over your fence, but it's right past it. But really, you can't tell if it's in your backyard or not. All right. So so there could be any number of things that you're doing in or around your house. Your daughter could be sunbathing next to the pool. Or maybe you're paying bills in the house with your credit card in your hand and you're near a window. Or you're doing some gardening on your knee pads and your crack is peeking through the top of your jeans. You wish, pervert. You look and you see this drone, and it clearly has a camera on it. It's aiming at your window, or your daughter, or your butt crack, whatever. It's clearly recording you. What do you do? I go grab my shotgun, and I shoot that thing down. Well, maybe an AR-15 if I'm feeling a little frisky. You and your assault weapons. Ugh. You son of a Grinch. (laughs) But you're right. I mean, I do the same thing. Uh, But let me ask you. Would the owner of the drone, some distant neighbor who, uh, I don't know, just happens to have uh, bases all around your property line, let's just say that that's there, just for the fun of it, would he be justified in rolling up to your house and throwing grenades at your door? 
Would he be justified in trying to kill you or your family? I don't know, for taking out their super expensive flying spy robot? Not at all. So, what makes anyone think that this is okay if it's another country? What makes it okay if we use the word collateral damage instead of human lives? There's absolutely nothing that would make that okay. Right. I mean, people need to stop and think about what we're proposing taking away from some people who shot down a machine that was made to spy on them. Not to mention the fact that the U.S. has bases surrounding Iran with everything needed to level that country in a few minutes flat. So let me ask you this. How many human lives is a drone worth? Or how many dollars is a human life worth? There is no exchange rate between drones and human lives. People need to know that. They need to say what they're advocating for rather than using these stupid euphemisms. We need to correct them. Instead of saying collateral damage, we need to say human lives lost. Instead of saying war, we need to say mass murder because that's what this would have been. I can't hang around hearing these euphemisms and lies anymore. I can't pretend that what people are calling for is anything less than murder. My frustration with the Warhawks and Boomers especially boomers, has built up so much that I'm actually resorted to responding to stupid comments. So far, my uh, my go-to line has been asking all these, you know, war hawks when they're going to enlist to fight a country that hasn't harmed them. And surprise, surprise, I've yet to receive a coherent response. You know, I don't, I don't think you're ever going to. That's why I don't argue online anymore. You're probably right. But like I said a little bit earlier... A man can hope. What I'll hope for is that the conversation that the president started about the loss of human life catches on. What I'll hope for is that the conversation changes and people start to examine what they're actually calling for. What I'll hope for is that there's not another false flag operation that involves U.S. casualties. Because if that happens, there's, there's no chance for peace. I'll hope for the same things, but as you know, that isn't the most likely scenario. I know. I'm just hoping that humanity will be willing to stop this slaughter before it happens. All right, folks. Thank you for having a bit of a dour and depressing time with us and joining us on this adventure that is the madness that is our world. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at ThisIsMLGA. If you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at ThisIsMLGA at gmail.com. Hit us up, subscribe, and make sure to rate us on iTunes. It helps us grow and guarantees new episodes. Yep, and uh, don't forget to check out the MLGA Network. We're a small and scrappy group of libertarians that share all of the best liberty podcasts in the world, in existence, on MLGANetwork.com. Make sure to check that out. I've got some uh, some some shows that I'm working on on the DL that uh, you might want to keep an eye out for. We're happy to be here, and we're happy you're with us. Stay sane. a lot of names why does everyone have so many names and there should just be there should be two names that anyone has cam or phil and then beyond that it's just a waste of letters there ought to be a law